0: Good evening, it's uh, been a great Thanksgiving week and hope everybody got your fill of turkey and all the related great food with it. It's Sunday night, uh, November 25, 2018, and we've just had a, a delightful dinner with uh, our daughter Julie and her family and our daughter Becky and her family.
1: And celebrated two birthdays.
0: Whose birthdays? Roe. And that's turned, Becky's daughter.
1: Who turned four. And Kenya, who turned one.
0: Yeah, way to go, Kenya. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's
1: Julie's and Alex's baby.
0: A- anyway, so um, before we start uh, with our, our topic tonight, we wanted to give a. Uh, what? Oh. Yeah, welcome to Notes from John
1: with a babble from Bonnie. Yeah,
0: Bonnie was doing her best to remind me of that. So uh, we want to give a little shout out to our granddaughter, Callie Jepson, who is thirteen years old and a beautiful young woman that we love dearly and very proud of. And she uh, she told uh, she told her parents about a little incident that occurred recently where a a family just moved here from Chicago, and they had a daughter that was uh, also 13, moved into the same school that Callie was going to.
1: And And they were praying that their daughter would find a friend. And it just so happened that Callie befriended her and became that friend. And this girl's father came up to Callie and said, You are an answer." to our prayers. You are the friend that we were praying for, for our daughter. So way to go, Callie. Way to
0: go, Callie. That's great. Good for you. So uh, in tonight's podcast, I uh, want to talk about uh, a couple of things in my life, uh, one of which was a near-death experience because of some foolish actions on my part. And Bonnie, you have something in advance well, of that, right?
1: Yes, because of one of your little actions about trying to be safe, which I guess you were not very safe in this incident that you were going to talk oh, about.
0: Well, I guess, I guess not.
1: But when we, when our children were younger, we had a little song that uh, by Janine Brady we used to play at night when they'd go to bed. And it was called "The Safety Kids." Go or safety kids, safety kids. I don't remember how it all went, but it say, but at the end, it was that if they learn the rules, they'll be cool and they'll be safe. And some of those rules that I just want to talk about, just for a minute before um, John gets into his little incident, was we want our grandchildren to be safe at all times. And some of the safety rules are that, We don't play in a vacant park by ourselves. We don't hang around after school by ourselves. No. We don't get in strangers' cars. No. (laughs) And we don't go anyplace alone. And, of course, we don't talk to strangers or um, if they persuade us with candy or with... To come help find a pet or... You would have whatever. gone with
0: anybody that would have given you yeah. candy.
1: Candy? No, maybe a little puppy. I would have gone, oh yes, I'll go help you find your puppy. But I, I, we just stress to our children the importance of some of those rules that you just need to be safe. And and when you go places alone, it's best to have a buddy to be with you. And Especially when you're in a park by yourself or a, um, a bathroom when you're going to the, a restroom that's not one at home, that you take someone with you so you're not by yourself. And can you think of anything else that you might want to help keep our grandkids safe?
0: Just do what your mom and dad tell you to do and be safe.
1: Yes, that's what we want. Keep them safe. So those were just a few little tips. And if you ever get lost, you're somewhere and you get lost always go and find a a grandma or another mother with some children
0: yeah that's a good thought yeah. or a policeman
1: well I don't know sometimes they I... I do you do well I still say go look for a grandma or someone with children because I would just feel better about that
0: Okay, so um, uh, when I was uh, a young boy, we lived on Harrison Avenue in Salt Lake City, and the backyard of our house uh, was right up next to a a big gully, and the gully went down uh, into a a ravine and then came up on the other side. And in the bottom of the ravine, there was a, a creek called Mill Creek. Um, creek <laughs> and uh, we loved that gully and would play in it for hours and hours as a child uh, one of the fun things that was there we, we were uh, tarantulas had uh, their holes in that gully we uh, from time to time would go hunting for those tarantulas and I learned how to lure them out of their little holes and and then once we would catch them, uh, it was uh, really a, uh, a, a test of bravery to see who would let a tarantula walk on his hand or up his arm.
1: Well, that's pretty creepy, especially to our daughter Becky, who's arachnophobia. arachnophobic, how do you say that? <laughs> Whatever. She, she is petrified of spiders. <laughs> Can you ah. s-
0: imagine her with a tarantula on her hand?
1: No way.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, in in our backyard, we also you know we, we would raise various different things from time to time. My My dad raised pigeons. Uh, and then my brothers, my older brothers uh, took on those pigeons as part of merit badges in their scouting program. and we we also had a, always had a dog. Or often had a dog, and uh, we raised rabbits, um, and, uh, and and in this one one year, I don't know how old I was, maybe I, maybe f- six or seven years old. And we had these these rabbits in a pen with chicken wire around the pen, and one of the rabbits was a big bull rabbit. He was a big thing, and I was teasing that rabbit rabbit by putting my fingers of my left hand through the uh, through the chicken wire, just teasing it for some reason. And at one point, that bull rabbit bit my ring finger on my left hand, uh, just above the 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 knuckle, the second knuckle on my ring finger and nearly bit my finger off. It was just kind of hanging. And my dad um, sewed me back up, sewed my finger back together. And uh, the problem that I was left with is that, my, that that ring finger on my left hand, I can't bend it at the first knuckle uh, just below the fingernail uh, by itself. It just it doesn't work. And so, uh, when I do bend it at the second knuckle, it just sticks straight out, because I can't bend that first knuckle at all on my own.
1: And so what happens when you play the guitar?
0: (laughs) What happens, sweetheart? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because I can't bend that finger and I'm playing the guitar, my fourth finger is just kind of sticking up, and it doesn't look,
1: by Great. itself. So all of our kids just get a kick out of that because it looks like he's doing a, not a very nice gesture with yeah. his fingers. But, so what does that teach us? About Keep
0: our fingers away from the rabbits.
1: And not to tease them. That If you tease an animal of any kind, that's not being very safe because they don't like to be teased, just like we as people don't like to be teased. I don't think we'd ever go bite someone. <laughs> Him. <Jeez>. You might.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, that was not a very smart thing to do. Uh, uh, by the way, one other interesting little thing about that. Uh, around that same time, we, we had uh, a big cherry tree in the backyard. A uh, great big tree. And uh, um it had beautiful cherries on that tree. One year I... Again, I was, I don't know, six or seven, five years old. I climbed up in that tree, and I ate cherry after cherry after cherry. And I ate so many that by the time I was done, I was so sick to my stomach. I threw up, and um, I have not liked cherries since. I just don't like them. And And that one incident just killed it for me with cherries.
1: So another life lesson. What is do, it? Do not overeat something you really like. Because I really <laughs> like ice cream though, sweetheart. <laughs> Until you're sick, right? <laughs> well, but backing up on your little finger incident, it was very hard to get a wedding ring on that ring finger. True. Because of that rabbit's bite.
0: Yeah, that's we true. We had to
1: literally shove that wedding ring on and then he couldn't get it off. Which yeah. was a good thing unless it was ripped off by a water skein.
0: Anyway, so Accidents. that's my bad finger story. I, next, I, I the, the main uh, incident I wanted to share with you tonight is uh, when I was, oh, uh, I think five or six years old, at our house on Harrison Avenue, there was a driveway on the uh, side of the house. And that driveway, uh, went to a garage that was sort of in the back uh, on the side of the house. And uh, the garage or the driveway was just two cement slabs for the tires with the grass in between those two cement slabs that went from the garage out to the street. And the, uh, it was, went right by our side door to our house the side door went up a couple of steps and then into our kitchen. And um, this one particular day, my oldest sister, uh, Pat, she wanted to go somewhere. I think she was a teenager and she was gonna go to the store or something. I don't remember where it was. And I wanted to go with her, but she told me no. And I was not particularly happy about that. So without her knowing, I climbed on the back of that car bumper and was determined that I was just gonna go with her uh, wherever she was she was gonna go. She didn't know I was on the back bumper and so she got into the car she started backing the car out slowly uh, you know backing it out towards the, the, to the uh, the street and I got scared. Uh, afraid of what might happen. And so on this uh, bumper, I, I, I decided I would try to jump to the left side of the car onto the, the grass. And um, so I, I pushed off on the bumper to jump to the left away from the car. And when I pushed off with my foot, my foot slipped and I fell right underneath the wheel. Or in the direction of the wheel of the car, and as a result, the the wheel of the car, the back left the driver's side left uh, back wheel went over my my uh, body. It, it was kind of in an angle uh, from my on my right side, uh, and across my chest and stomach and. Um, uh, Gosh, and I'm just this little, little child. That wheel went all across my body that way. Uh, Pat must have recognized that she had uh, gone over something because she stopped and...
1: She felt the bump.
0: Oh, she felt, yeah, she felt a bump. And um, she stopped the car. And looks underneath the car, and there she sees her little brother. I I don't know what she she did other than she must have yelled for my mother. I, for some reason, I remember my mom was in the kitchen, um, putting up my daughter, my sister's uh, hair, in curlers for Sunday or for some some reason. Anyway, uh, um, I I don't know how whether she. I don't know what they did to get me out from underneath the car. I don't remember that, but again, you got to remember my mother was a nurse, and uh, so she did whatever they felt was right to get me, and uh, so to get me out from underneath the car, uh, Pat got in the in the the driver's seat, and Mother was now in the passenger seat holding. Uh, holding my body. She said uh, as she was holding me, she was deeply concerned that I was already dead, that I wasn't breathing. Uh, I was bleeding from the mouth and from the nose and uh, obviously unconscious. the, the interesting thing about that is that, uh, well, my, my, my mom instructed Pat to drive to the hospital, the uh, uh, um, primary children's hospital, which was several miles away. Uh, but, uh, and she called my dad at his, at his medical office to let him know what had happened and that he, he would be there to, to meet us at the hospital. And um, so uh, Pat starts driving, uh, going uh, along the, the direction to get to the hospital. But I remember, and I remember it to this day, looking down and seeing my mom holding my body. I could see my sister Pat in the driver's seat of the car and i could see the direction the car was going and the route we took to get to the hospital and the, the streets we were we went on uh, in that route and the, and especially when we were on south temple street in salt lake city going uh, west and came to a red light and so instead of going through the red light and running that risk she made a quick right turn and then an immediate U turn, uh, and then another quick right turn back onto South Temple so that she could get around the uh, waiting for that red light. It
1: kind of sounds like a do 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 do. Kind of does. I know
0: it does. But I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything else. I just could see. It's as if I was hovering over this scene that I could see in the car. And uh, it was, I never told anybody about that. I I didn't tell anybody for years and years until uh, I I think I was probably uh, 15 or 16 in high school. It was this time of the year, it was at Thanksgiving. And our family was together around the dinner table, and uh, I made the comment, uh, for whatever reason, somehow, kind of laughing about about my sister Pat having run over her little brother.
1: Why didn't you want to tell anyone before that?
0: I never thought about it. I don't know why. Really? It just didn't never occur to me to say anything about oh, it. wow. A- anyway, so I. Uh, I told them that experience for this for the first time, and there were several members of the family that were there uh, at the time. And Mom said to me, she said, "John, you couldn't have known what path we took. Uh, I was holding you; you were completely unconscious. And um, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, she said that she was fearful that I was already dead. and um, but I saw it just as clearly as I could I could see anything and you know uh, whether my my spirit had uh, whether I was having some kind of an out of body experience or what I, I can't say, but I know this that i I could see all of that transpiring as it unfolded. And then I kind of lost that that view as I. As we arrived at the hospital, I even remember driving up to the entrance of the hospital and observing that. I have no recollection thereafter. But once we got to the hospital, um, my my dad had arrived, and I don't know they must they wheeled me in and to the hospital or something, um, and. Although I don't remember this specifically, but I I I've been was told many times afterwards that the first thing that my father did was to give me a priesthood blessing um, that I might have the uh, the blessing of life, and that uh, that I might be able to have a blessing of life without any serious uh, medical injury or problem that could affect. Uh, My physical well-being for the rest of my life. So I'm going to take uh, just a brief moment and and describe what a priesthood blessing is for anyone listening that may not know what it is. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we are blessed to have the priesthood of God, which is the authority to act in the name of God here on the earth. And my father held the Melchizedek priesthood and because he had that priesthood given to him by his father and had been handed down from father to son for for uh, several generations uh, under under appropriate direction from church leaders um, my father was able then to place his hands on my head and give me a a, a a blessing, And in that blessing, he uh, blessed my body, that it would be healed from any major trauma, blessed my recovery ability, that I would have increased uh, um, ability to recover quickly from any of those injuries, and that uh, I might not have any ongoing uh, physical problems as a result from it. Now I have great faith in the priesthood of God. As a matter of fact, I'm blessed to hold that priesthood as well and I've given priesthood blessings to my children, to my wife on many occasions, to many other people um, at different times during my adult life and uh, I have seen literal miracles occur and I'm just so grateful for it.
1: We have, and I'm so grateful that I have this priesthood of God in my home to bless the lives of our children and myself and others that you have helped.
0: Yeah, well, I'm grateful for it too, I'll tell you. Because in this instance, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that it was the priesthood of God and that blessing given to me by my father that uh, allowed me to escape uh, either death or serious uh, continuing injury that would have left me uh, physically maimed for my entire life. I, I do remember when uh, when I was in the primary children's hospital that uh, I was in an oxygen tent. I hated that oxygen tent because uh, I couldn't. I mean, you know, I couldn't leave the tent, and I. I uh, I was, uh, I remember just as a little boy, I didn't have anything to do in that tent. Somebody, at some point, I remember, they gave me some popsicle sticks to play with. Well, you know, that was really great.
1: To this day, you don't like to be confined.
0: No, that's true, (laughs) I don't. And I don't know why I remember those popsicle sticks in that oxygen tent, um, but I do. And I, I don't remember how long I was in the hospital, uh, but my mother's uh, memory shared with me was a, about a, a week. And uh, then I was released, went home. There was a recovery period. I had broken my, uh, broke my collarbone. It had injured my, uh, my lung. It had injured my back. And um, I don't remember what else it had injured, but uh, as I as I grew, I didn't have any indication of any injury whatsoever.
1: I had no idea you had that many injuries. Again, once again, the kids say that you have nine lives, and how many do you have left?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, as of now, they have said nine lives on, a number of times, and from the cancer that I survived, uh, that led to my amputation, and this event. When I was uh, five, six years old, that used up two of them anyway. Um, so that that near-death experience that led to what I believe was an out-of-body experience was one that I've uh, uh, I've been grateful to to Heavenly Father for giving me an opportunity to live life to its fullest because I I. Uh, I could, I could have had things end at that point, and boy, I'm sure grateful it didn't.
1: Well, we're grateful it didn't too, because we wouldn't have the um, life that we have now, and that's why we just talk about trying to be safe and take care of yourselves and make wise choices so that you can live a longer life and enjoy the wonderful world around us. I mean, we don't you don't need to be paranoid and be so concerned about everything that you don't try new things and do things because that's part of life as well. But
0: just don't do dumb things. <laughs> and that was a dumb thing.
1: <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs>
0: yeah, you don't need to. <laughs> um, as a follow-up to that, uh, I, I don't know whether it was a, a year or two years later or some something in that time frame, uh, I was, uh, again, playing behind the car that was parked in our driveway. Um, and uh, my sister, Pat, again, was planning on going somewhere. She got in the car. Either I didn't recognize it or she didn't know I was behind the car. And she drove out and started backing up again. <laughs> and uh, the, back, uh, the back bumper of the car knocked me over. And this time, the car uh, went over me, but I was in between the wheels, so I wasn't injured at all. <laughs> but, but that was the second time that Pat, my dear sister, uh, ran over me and without knowing that I was behind it.
1: OK, that's another safety tip, especially for our young grandchildren that will be driving, to always look around your car before you back up, because we've heard stories that are quite devastating with little tiny toddlers that get behind cars, and they're run over because we haven't been able to check, and what was it, spot the tot? I think that's what they say, spot the tot, to make sure the tot, the little toddler, is not behind the car.
0: That's a great comment, Bonnie, and, and really important for all of us to remember to be, very careful as we're backing out and especially now that we've got some of our grandchildren that are starting to drive that you always look behind you before you move that vehicle in reverse
1: and another important safety tip is i know children like to play hide and seek i always loved playing that we have a fun game that we play with our grandchildren that's called well we played with our children called space ghost i don't know why it's called space ghost but that's what it's called it was in the dark maybe that's why it was space but we would hide around the basement in the dark and then people would come and hide you, would come and find you it was always you know very fun and exciting but we were hiding and, and some of these places that our grandchildren would hide or just unbelievable well children like to hide and some hide in trunks of cars and so please children grandchildren Great grandchildren, whoever else listens to this of our posterity, please do not ever climb into a trunk for any reason, because we would not want to lose you that way.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, that's uh, a near-death experience, and uh, and some important safety tips for for you tonight. And I hope that the rest of the week is going to be great for you as we. Finish up the month of December and excuse me November and move in uh, into December and uh, in the Christmas season. Oh, the Christmas songs have already started up. Bonnie has put all of these
1: uh,
0: these lights up all over the yard and the trees, and it it just is. I love lights. She she does love lights, and they're all over the place. It's just just like.
1: Griswold Bon Bon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you got to see the, the movie to understand Griswold, but wow, there are Christmas lights all over our house and uh, on the outside, and it's getting all put together inside as well, too. So.
1: so be a safety kid and a safety parent, and have a safe and pleasant wonderful holiday.
0: We love you all, and just know this is uh, Notes from John.
1: With a babble from Bon.